listening to the Filmmaker Happy Hour on X-Ray FM, KXRY Portland, an interview show that talks with filmmakers and film festival directors about the state of cinema in Oregon. On this episode of the Filmmaker Happy Hour, we talk with Nancy and Dan Morrow, executive and technical directors at the McMinnville Short Film Festival, happening next weekend, February 10th to the 13th. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Filmmaker Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm really happy to be joined with the uh, power, power duo that runs the McMinnville Short Film Festival. Nancy Morrow is executive director and husband Dan is the technical director. How are you both? Good. How are you, Phil? Great. Thanks, Phil. Hey, so the festival is coming up February 10th through 13th. Uh, before we get to this current year, uh, its challenges, its offerings, um, so it started with the UFO festival. <laughs> yes. Tell me about the UFO <laughs> festival. I, I, I kind of know that a UFO landed in McMinnville in the fifties or something. You want to explain that one? Don't joke about that <laughs> one. So McMinnville has now, I think even passed up Roswell, New Mexico as the number one annual UFO festival because of this famous 1950 Trent photo, a farmer whose last name was Trent, just south of McMinnville, took this very famous photo of a UFO that has never been debunked. It's one of the things that has just never been proven not to be a UFO. So it was reported in the local news register paper. And then in 1999, uh, McMinnimans started the annual uh, UFO festival in McMinnville, and there's a parade, and it's usually held in May. And um, so then they were looking for extra ways to beef up the UFO festival in, I think, what, 2011? To get more local businesses involved. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so Nancy, we were running a video store at the time. And so Nancy and I's idea was, well, heck, let's have a UFO sci-fi themed, you know, video, video contest. contest basically it's hard to call it a film festival <laughs> that first year but that was held downtown at one of the uh the, the small pizza theaters on third street there during the festival and we got like 11 films which we were pretty excited about um and the other part is running the video store we met a lot of people who were part of the film industry here in our area so we thought oh there's a need there's no film in this community um supported by the arts so we said okay let's do this we got 11 film entries people were so excited so we said okay well in six months let's keep the momentum going and make it a mcminnville short film festival the ufo one was strictly sci-fi aliens you know it had to be that relation the short film festival open to any genre. And so that's how that got started. I don't even hazard to ask what some of those films were like. I, I can I can sort of guess in my mind. And of course, um, being a number of years ago, the technology was not uh, as accessible to everyone. Um, let's do a quick cleanup question. Do you still own the independent video store? No, we closed it in uh, 2016. Um, we wanted to close it with dignity instead of let it run into the ground and streaming was really taking off then and our kids were both grown and out of the house and um, the little business had bought the building we're in now so we just decided it was a good time to close and uh, move on to something else. And I will say too, the UFO video contest we ran for two years 
before handing it off to what is now the only video store left in our town. And they still run that one today. So we have two festivals in this town. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I was going to, have you seen the, uh, the documentary, the last blockbuster? Oh, oh yeah. yes. Yep. We watched that one. We need to make a pilgrimage over to Bend to actually go visit that, that place in person. I would imagine that one, that one rings pretty true. That, that film rings pretty true for you. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So describe the downtown area because you guys are at the McMinnville theater, which is a coming attractions theater. Mm -hmm. um, and just real briefly, I mean, coming attraction is, is, can you explain who they are? They're, they're an interesting organization. They are what what we know about them, <laughs> um, based out of Ashland. And our understanding is they started the Ashland Independent Film Festival. That was theirs. Um, and they are, let's see, Northern California up through Alaska along the West Coast. Uh, they go in smaller communities. They have the multiplexes. Um, and they enjoy film festivals. So once we wanted to put ours out at the Cineplex, they said, yeah. And we've been working together since then. Yeah, they've so, been very supportive. Um, the Coming Attractions Theater is right on Highway 18 at the edge of town. And then we have an old historic single-use theater downtown that we just got word of about a month ago that they're going to reopen in about two years. They're going to restore that theater. So that is super exciting because that is in the heart of our historic downtown. And that will give us another venue as well. Um, and um, it's just, it's a fun theater. It was the largest single theater on the West Coast when it was built back in the 40s. Oh, wow. Do you know what the capacity is roughly? I'm not sure, but it's a pretty huge auditorium. A couple hundred? That old I think building. it was a couple hundred. It's at least a couple hundred yeah. seats, if not even possibly 250 or 300. Yeah. So it's a big, old, long, you know, cool, old school auditorium there and now it just needs all the infrastructure like okay it needs a digital projector it needs uh i think a new hvac system in the building but at least there's now a, a group of people who've bought the building and are working to restore it and get it open and so that is a great uh venue for partnering with the film festival in the future to try to do some events there right downtown and getting back to the coming attractions they've been um they've been very good to partner with they've um given us a lot of access to the cinema that we need worked with us especially this year working with us up till the last minute i don't know how many times i changed it from this is our what i mean no now this is oh wait now this now this and this and this and this and they've just been kind of going along with us <laughs> and working with us. So yeah, it's been a good theater and our filmmakers are happy. They love going there. They feel the films are beautifully shown on the big screen and they love the theater setting. So it's been good. Yeah, they're just an interesting organization in terms of, like you said, they're setting up in small towns mm -hmm. uh, and, and when and where they can, they, they do support, they support the Ashland Film Festival. And um, you know, they're just, they're, they're, it's just, it's nice to see a quote unquote chain that is interested in, in small towns and not interested in just, uh, you know, blockbusters and Marvel movies. Absolutely. Um, and we were concerned for them during COVID because, you know, I'm not sure how many people here in McMinnville go to the cinema, even pre-COVID. I think they had good turnouts for the big movies like you're talking about. But the smaller ones, you know, we go all about the Oscars. This is our time of year. We start watching all the Oscar nominations. And, you know, sometimes uh, a big blockbuster would overrule a smaller film. We'd have to go out of the area, but we understand that too. But we are really glad that our little cinema stuck with us and um, made it through COVID and that we're going to have a festival there. Because if 
that if it hadn't, we weren't sure we would have a film festival this year, but thank you, coming attractions. <laughs> so we, we've talked some about the context. Let's get into the, the details a bit of, of this. So again, the McMinnville Short Film Festival, uh, February 10th through the 13th. You have a number of categories. Let's start with the animated. You know, and it seems like you have quite a few entries in the animated. We do. Most of the animation films that we get are, you know, anywhere from two to five minutes. Sometimes if it's seven to 10 minutes, it seems long. So most of the animation movies are fairly short. Um, so we can show a lot more. Um, and, you know, one of the draws to our festival was um, Will Vinton. Will Vinton is a McMinnville native. And uh, for those not recognizing the name or maybe think they know the name, uh, he created Claymation. He's the, uh, uh, the inventor there and he is an Academy Award winning um, filmmaker who passed away a few years ago. But we had him as our keynote speaker about five years ago, I think five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, he loved the festival and he uh, gave us permission to put his name in our animation award. So it's the Will Vinton Award for Best Animated Film. And we get people who know Will Vinton who are animators and they'll submit. So we actually get quite a few animated films submitted to us too. You know, and, and animation has obviously become a very sophisticated uh, form, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, are, is, is, is there a ratio of uh, humor submissions in the animation to dramatic? Uh, how does that play out? Well, this year, I feel like we've got literally one of everything in terms of animation style, you know, computer graphics. We've got a great stop motion handmade music video that's quite charming. Um, we've, so, so as far as animation styles, I feel like we've really across the board just got one of every style you could, could, could picture. And as for genre, yeah, we've got some, um, we've got sci-fi, we've got comedy, we've got drama. Um, we've got environmental, we, we've got a little bit of everything. Yeah. I know it almost becomes that the animation needs to have its own sub sub genres. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Now there was another category that stuck out to me and that was the category called a bit strange. Uh -huh. yes. I knew that was the one you were going to say. So that was started off as experimental only. And then we got to the point where we were getting films in that didn't, that weren't really experimental, but they also weren't drama or cat or comedy or suspense. They were kind of, where do you put these? So we put them together because when you see a category called experimental slash a bit strange, you kind of know what you're getting into. And last year we actually had an Australian filmmaker tell us she was so excited to see we had this category because her film was not fitting any festival category. And she was told by another Australian filmmaker, they've got this category, you've got to go. And so she submitted, she was so ecstatic that she, that she got accepted and all. But it's basically those films that are strange enough that they don't fit anything else. And you could force them into another category, but viewers might say, that's not what I was expecting, but boy, experimental, a bit strange, anything goes. <laughs> How do people find out about you? Uh, we are on Film Freeway, which mm -hmm. um, a lot of filmmakers are aware of. There's, I think, probably over what, 9,000 film festivals now on Film Freeway. So we use that as our submission portal and filmmakers find us that way. We have been named twice um, top 100 best reviewed festivals on Film Freeway. Um, 
out of thousands of festivals, meaning we were in the top 100 festivals that filmmakers reviewed very positively and liked. So that was quite a compliment. And because we have that tag, it sticks out too. But Film Freeway is our portal that uh, the filmmakers can find us. And so we had films from all over the world. And then are people coming back? Uh, I mean, once, once you hook somebody from Australia, are they uh, telling other people down under about it? I mean, is, is, is they is seem that how to be? Yep. Um, we have, we out of um, how many, we have 116 films, and I'd say probably about uh, 25 to 30% are returning filmmakers. And, um, and that number grows a little bit each year. That's nice. That's nice to the, the, the number of submissions grows each year or the percentage of returnees? Both. Both. Yeah. yeah. We were down just slightly uh, this past year because of COVID, but in reaching out to other film festivals, it was kind of across the board because of all the shutdowns and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, and then the college category, what, what, what preempted that? Um, the Ashland Independent Film Festival. <laughs> we had attended and we liked the idea of supporting student filmmakers and emerging um, filmmakers. And so uh, a few years ago, we launched uh, a student showcase and then uh, of course COVID hit. And so we didn't have it in 2021, but we returned this year with the college student showcase. There's a lot of um, films that are submitted from college students. But a, a, a college student who's getting their master's from the New York um, School of uh, Film or wherever, you know, is completely different than a student getting it from a local community college. So we do distinguish that a little bit. Um, and we try to take the, the students who are like undergraduates more than anything and give them a category and get their films shown um, on the big screen to encourage them and help them keep growing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One more genre, and then let's take a music break. Documentary and drama, drama and comedy. Uh, those are those are the remaining genres, correct? Uh, we do have environmental and Native American as well, but our film submissions this year for those were small enough that we had to combine that category. But um, drama was big this year. We had a lot of dramas. Um, we had comedy, and we had a lot of documentaries. As I'm sure people can imagine the last two years was filled with a lot that could be documented. <laughs> well, and, and that was going to be my next question. What, what, what is a, what's the theme right now in the documentary films? What are, what, what do you see, uh, what's on filmmakers' minds? What are they concerned about? I would imagine, you know, a few years ago, it was maybe about electoral college and, and national politics and have people switched over to health or people completely adverse about making films about health because we're it's on our minds so much i think people are adverse to making the health films we've, we've got a few camp films that are placed during covid but the documentaries um very heavy black lives matters uh immigration um uh, uh topics like that like i said we have some environmental yeah what else yeah, climate change is yeah, definitely a factor change. there we've got one uh really nice film about the sonoma um wine oh, yeah. country fires from going back to the big fires in 2017 that's very fitting for our festival here in the middle of wine country um so yeah I think climate change factors into probably a few of the documentary yeah. block this year. We even have some dramas that have carried over um, uh, with the Black Lives Matter. Like we have one um, by Demay Roberts from Portland, Being Me in the Current America. And it's about a black woman and what her life is like in our current America. And then we have another um, film switched by Devante Robinson. I hope I'm remembering his name. 
And it's about what would happen if uh, blacks were the majority and whites were the minority. And it's about a white man trying to get a job for a black company and the role reversal. So very fascinating looks at, at that. So those are the kind of the big topics this past year. It just sounds like such a great selection of films. Uh, Dan and Nancy Morrow are the uh, technical and executive directors for McMinnville Short Film Festival, which is happening on February 10th through 13th. This is the filmmaker happy hour. And you guys uh, have a song selection for us. How about you set it up for us? So we have been movie nerds all our lives, even from the day we met. And so, of course, it's fitting that. And let me clarify, we met in 80, um, 86. So this is a big song from back in that time period. But um, our, our song has always been Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship from the movie Mannequin. No jokes. It's our song. What Make can I say? <laughs> let's, 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 let's give it a roll.
This is Phil Bussey. It's the Filmmaker Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. Dan and Nancy Morrow are the uh, technical and executive directors for McMinnville Short Film Festival. You know, before the break, we were talking about uh, some of the various films uh, that, that are being screened at this festival, uh, February 10th through 13th. And, you know, there's, there's, there's some big topics that you were talking about. How do you how do you get all that into a, a five minute film or into a short film? Uh, is the short film format uh, is it challenging or is it easier? And how so? Uh, yes. Um, okay. So running this festival for eleven years, one of our biggest battles of the short film format has been educating the audience why short film is important and why should you come see it. Fortunately, as we continue going along the road and our culture says, um, you know, um, time is of the essence. So instead of a three hour blockbuster, you, you only have five minutes to watch this. So short film is actually perfect for our attention spans anymore. Um, it's really, really hard to tell a story in a short format from start to finish with your um, message or whatever. Our films have to be 20 minutes or less and we find the more powerful ones are usually about eight to 10 minutes because it's really jams in a lot of content in that amount of time. Um, it is a great way for filmmakers to experiment um, and not cost a lot of money. You can usually pick up a camera these days. You can use your phone, just go out and film something. So it's a little easier, but it's just a great format for a lot of filmmakers to uh, get their name out there, get into film festivals, start meeting other filmmakers. And, um, and then for us as curators of a film festival, we just try to program them into a block of about 90 minutes to 120 minutes, no more than that, and um, have them make sense. Right. And have kind of a nice emotional roller coaster where you go from comedy to drama. You know, you're not stacking all your really painful, nitty gritty dramas back to back. You got to intersperse that with a little bit of comedy to make the audience kind of come with you from one film to the next. And well, like, guys, you can, if I can just break in, you need to talk to the Oscars because <laughs> they're short documentaries and their narratives. I, I have stopped going to. I used to love them, but because yeah. they they were so intense. Uh, and they they didn't they didn't ever break it up. Uh, yeah, programming is a pretty key thing to keep your audience with you through all that because watching back to back short films is it can be jarring enough. So you kind of got to give your audience some pacing and think about what they're going to go through. Not to mention that the Academy, I believe, it's forty minutes is what constitutes, or is it forty five? I think it's 40. Well, yeah, yeah, it's fairly long. Yeah, it's fairly long um, and it, it counts as a short, but yeah, I know that's the thing. And, and once in a while we get a comedy that is really fun, great comedy, but how do you fit that after a very um, deep drama? Because like, okay, that's about that. And oh dear, you know. Right. We go from somebody's <laughs> dog dying to, to something wacky and yeah. hilarious doesn't quite fit together. Yeah. It can, be, it can feel insulting. Right. Exactly. exactly to the that drama be, right I mean, exactly. right so that is a trick so you guys your artistry is coming in through the curation yes definitely in fact you asked us about the video store when we closed the video store we turned around and opened a fine art gallery in our building and we now run a get art gallery and we, and we joke about working with the artists over the gallery we were trained by the filmmakers who are artists and curating their films has given us this experience to run an art gallery but yeah it's really about curation um 
Dan and I have watched every single film that has ever been submitted to the film festival, along with our screening team who helps us program, but we make it a point to watch every single film. So when it comes to programming, we understand what the topics are and um, how they've got to fit together and all of that. So we take it very seriously, but we're also very aware. We try not to put every 20 minute film together. We try to break it up with a, maybe a eight minute film, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's a very serious pro process. You know, it's so it's so great to learn more about the film fest, the McMinnville Short Film Film Festival. Um, with the last few minutes that we have here, I, I want to just talk a little bit more broadly. Uh, you know, how are you guys doing with the film festival? I mean, it seems like one, the pandemic, yes. Two, streaming. Um, you know, is 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 a challenge. Uh, in terms of people can find a lot of this material online, but you guys add the value of the curation. Um, how are you adapting to to our new era of, of yeah. health and streaming and all, all of it, all of it? Exactly. One of the nice things to come out of last year, at least, is it forced us to solve the streaming side of how to do the film festival, because last year was, of course, all virtual. We just had a streaming platform for the first time ever. So kind of the exciting thing this year is we're doing a hybrid festival where we're back to in-person for almost all of the films, even though there's a uh, some extra films we were able to, to take in that are gonna be virtual only. Um, and then after the in-person screenings are over, we're doing all of the films will be available streaming for another week after that. So. So for people from around the world who, you know, if you're an Australian filmmaker, maybe you're not able to make it to McMinnville, but you can still see all these films and see what you were up against. And it allowed us to get more films in than we had time to show in person during those days too. Or if you're still concerned about going out during COVID, you can still stream the films too. Right. We've got a few yeah, people if you're locally local. like yeah. that. Who, yeah, who so um, I will say as soon as we announced this year's selection and that we were planning to be in person, um, I think we had at least 50 RSVPs from the filmmakers just instantly. They're chomping at the bit to get back in the theater and have their film seen in front of a live audience and get that feedback. So please come and support these amazing filmmakers and give them that audience they need. We are being very safe. And I will say too that um, if you're listening to this and wanting to attend, we will require proof of vaccination and masks at all time unless you're eating and drinking, just because we're trying to do our best to be responsible and make sure our filmmakers can still film their films after they leave. Absolutely, absolutely. And hey, just to, to, to bring us to closure, uh, to, to the end here, uh, a favorite film or films, two, three, from each of you that, that you recommend. And I know that's hard to choose your favorite child, but. Um, well, both of us agree that one of our favorite films this year was um, uh, uh, Feeling Through, which was nominated for a live short from the Academy last year. Um, it, it's, it's nearly a flawless movie and just uh, amazing. It, it stars um, a man who is legally blind and he is deaf. And so for this filmmaker to work with someone of that uh, caliber was challenging and did so in such an amazing way. It's just it's just an amazing, amazing film. Um, I think one other in there in the animation category is called Mila. It's from Italy mm -hmm. and it's uh, one of the more high quality animation productions I think I've ever seen. And it's about a little girl um, during uh, World War II in Italy and uh, what she goes through. And it's just, it's beautifully done. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of good ones yeah. this year. 
And there's a, it sounds like there's a lot of good ones at the festival. And I, and I, I highly recommend that people get out to McMinnville uh, for the short film festival on February 10th through 13th. Dan and Nancy Morrow are the technical and executive directors. Thank you so much for joining us on the Filmmaker Happy Hour. The Filmmaker Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and X-Ray FM KXRY Portland. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Thanks for tuning in.